Hey guys, welcome to the Depth of Field podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Thompson. And today on the show, we have Andrew Studer, a professional photographer who captured the most amazing photographs of the 2017 solar eclipse. We're going to talk about what it took to get those shots, what led up to it, the planning, logistics, and all that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. But uh, don't forget your solar glasses and please make sure they're certified. All right. Andrew, thank you so much for, for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Adrian. Obviously, I saw your shots of the Eclipse really caught my attention being a Redmond local. And they've been getting a lot of engagement on Facebook. So I'm curious if this week has been any different for you with all this attention or is it just business as usual? Well, yeah, definitely. This is uh, pretty out of the ordinary. Uh, I think the, the photos that uh, me and some of my friends who were with me captured uh, were fairly unique. Um, and I think a lot of people are pretty excited about that and that's just something that we didn't expect and uh, we're just really appreciative of uh, all the shares and uh, attention that our photos have gotten so uh, we're really excited about it. Cool. Well I'm excited to talk more about those specifically but first um, could you give us just a quick background on how you got started in photography and then the journey that led you to where you are now? Definitely. So uh, I guess I was always pretty artistic growing up. Um, I used to really like to draw and, you know, do all sorts of art um, and create things. And I grew up in Oregon and it's really, really beautiful here. There's a lot of incredible landscapes. And so I think that photography was just a natural continuization of, you know, my yeah. passion for art and um, the outdoors. And so I got into outdoor photography um, around 2012 and just started creating and um fell in love ever since yeah one thing i was impressed to learn was that you're only 22 right uh yeah that's correct so what age were you when you started um probably around 16 or so okay and you're working with brands already like national geographic columbia and gmc so i'm curious like what's your secret like how have you become so established already at such a young age um, well, to be honest, I, I, I don't know. I, it's probably a bit of luck, but I just try and post my personal work um, just as much as I can. And, um, you know, sometimes brands happen to see that or the agencies that they work with and um, they just want me to do something similar for them or, or whatever. So um, I'm definitely pretty fortunate to be working with so many companies and especially just be uh, doing this full time and um, making a living out of it. I'm pretty thankful for that. How did it start out? Like what was your, what were your first type of clients like? And then how did it transition into the bigger stuff? Was there, was there a clear uh, point that that happened or how could you describe that transition? Well, it definitely wasn't a clear point, but um, I learned a lot uh, just as a, an intern with a, a studio called Buck Studios uh, in oh, yeah. Portland. Okay. And, you know, I would just be involved with their shoots, um, whether it was assisting or um, just as like a, a second camera op. Um, but I got a lot of experience with them and uh, learned a lot from them. And, um, you know, it kind of transitioned from there. So uh, it was a great experience for sure. Cool. Okay. And did the context from that help you as you moved into more of a freelance role? Yeah. Or did you have to find these clients on your, or did these clients approach you? Or were you able to reach out and get that on your own? Yeah, well, well, Darren Utt with uh, the the producer at Buck Studios was certainly a, 
uh, big player in helping me transition. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, just posting my work and, um, you know, just hoping that, you know, the right people would see it online. Um, that was pretty key and it helped me transition that way. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about some of these eclipse shots. Um, can you tell us about the pre-production that went into making that all happen? Definitely. So it was uh, certainly a, a, a team effort. Um, I worked closely with my friends uh, Ted Hesser, uh, Martina Tibell, and Tommy Smith um, in the pre-production for this. And uh, Ted and I, um, he's another photographer who was there who captured a, a very similar shot. We both had very similar ideas for um, an eclipse photo. So we collaborated on it and Ted... Um, got uh, coordinated with uh, Tommy and his girlfriend Martina um, to climb up and you know get in position for for the eclipse and he also helped find the general location for uh, where we'd, we would want to be um, but we scouted and um, we worked with uh, Tommy the climber and I helped position him exactly where um, he would need to be for the photo and um, got him in a good spot compositionally as far as like head position goes, body position yeah. and stuff like that. And, um, so it was definitely a team effort. Um, we used, uh, an app called photo pills to try to figure out where the sun was going to be. But, uh, thankfully, okay. um, Ted was able to scout and figure out like, uh, where the sun would be and just to confirm, uh, that the app was working um, because sometimes they get a little janky. But, yeah, um, that was my next question because that seems like some rocket science type of math you'd have to do otherwise to figure out where exactly it would be yeah, at that time. Yeah, the app's pretty simple to use, so um, it, was, cool. it was nice. So how many times were you out there? Did you get, did you just go to Smith Rock once before to plan this out or were you there several times? Well, I've been there several times before. Um, uh-huh. I'm pretty familiar with the area and... Uh, Really, we could have had a climber anywhere, but um, yeah. on on any of the the ledges and and everything um, out there, because the foreground is so high and the the, the um, if you get close mm-hmm. to it, the sun was so high. But um, like I said earlier, you know, um, Ted kind of figured out the general area where we would want to be, and we we chose Monkey Face because it's such a symbolic and iconic. Uh, rock structure at Smith Rock State Park. Well, not that I'm really going to understand, but I'm sure some listeners are really curious to know, um, what equipment did you end up using and why? Yeah. So, um, I just want to, before I get into that, I just want to make a note that, um, anybody could have taken these shots and, uh, used any camera or lens as long as it was a telephoto lens. Sure. Um, so my answer, you know, varies from, you know, what you should be using or, or anything like that. But uh, to answer your question, though, I used a, a Canon 1DX2 and used a Sigma 150 to 600 sport lens. And uh, to support it, I used uh, an Enduro uh, 204 tripod. Um, they're super lightweight and high quality, and I used one of their gimbal heads. And that was pretty key. Um, for me getting the photo because I was able to recompose really quickly um, because the telephoto lens, the Sigma, is so heavy. And so having a gimbal head was super mm-hmm. helpful to uh, reposition and uh, lock down a tripod shot. So, Okay, cool. What about, what about some of the technical settings in terms of shutter speed and exposure? 
do you re- do you remember and would you even be willing to share that type of stuff or is that like trade secret no not at all uh, i'm <laughs> okay. happy to share it um it was kind of interesting though we didn't know exactly how dark it was going to be um yeah totality we didn't know how the light was going to f- affect the foreground and our climber right. um and so it kind of uh we we were adjusting almost while it was happening and we only had okay. a 28 but um, I set my ISO fairly high because it was kind of dark, but then the the bright lights from the, the ring light around the sun um, was fairly bright. So I wanted to have a fast shutter speed um, because it was on a telephoto lens, but I wanted also exposed for the brightness. And I brought up the shadows and the dark areas in post. Okay. So yeah, that's where your experience is coming in, I, I assume, with having to make these last minute adjustments and you only have a minute and 30 seconds. So that's got to be... A little that's got to feel a little tense in that in those moments it, it was very tense the whole shooting experience happened so fast um but it was pretty surreal could you describe just what it was like or just elaborate on it what it was like during those that one minute 30 like have you seen a total eclipse before and or, so if not like what was that like on top of doing this whole shoot oh man uh <laughs> I've, I've never seen a, a total eclipse before um, it was so surreal. Like I said, I didn't know exactly what to expect. And, yeah. um, it was just, it was insane. One of the most, uh, memorable things I think about seeing the eclipse at Smith Rock was the cheers and howls that everyone mm. was doing, um, during totality and yeah. it all echo around the valley and it was oh, it was so surreal and yeah. it got cold because the sun completely went away and uh, i remember just getting so many goosebumps and yeah me too it was, it was so surreal in the moment because uh we didn't know if the shot was going to work out you know if our uh math was off or our, our planning was off just a little bit you know yeah um we would have completely missed it and I think the fact that we realized while it happened that it worked out perfectly and the climber was in the perfect position and we got the shots that we envisioned um, just made it all that more surreal. Uh, I remember just, there's actually a video of me, um, my reaction, I guess, right after shooting it, uh, Columbia Sportswear was working with us and uh, got a documentary of of it but i just i sort of just stepped away from the camera and just took off my hat and was just shaking my head my head i was just like there's no way like i I was just i was just completely blown away that everything worked out and um what it was like and it was it was so surreal so did you know you had the shot that or did were you not so confident in the moment or did you know like okay yeah we got it this was one of those rare moments where I was just like, yep, I, I got it. I'm just going nice. to step away from the camera. I don't need to check. I'm just, I need to just go for a quick walk and just, <laughs> it was a, That's awesome. it was a pretty emotional moment to be honest. Um, I'm not usually, <laughs> you know, prone to like, you know, I guess experiencing these sort of spiritual or like emotional sort of things. Sure. It was a, it was a, pretty just moving moment for sure and that that is saying a lot because you've traveled around so much like could you give us an idea of some of these other exotic places you've been to taking pictures definitely um well i've i've done a decent amount of traveling to some pretty beautiful areas um i've done a couple trips to iceland uh 
some out to Italy and Switzerland and uh, spent a bunch of time in the Canadian Rockies. And, you know, That's awesome. I've seen quite a few things that are just really beautiful and I'm super fortunate um, to have witnessed them like uh, volcanoes and um, the northern lights. But uh, to be honest, uh, totality um, was probably one of the most just insane things I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Was there a, was it pretty crowded on Smith Rock? Were you getting competition from other photographers? I know you had, like you said, your, uh, your friend Michael was there also taking pictures. Was there, what was it like in terms of other people? Uh, well, there were a couple other people with us. Um, it definitely wasn't competition in any way. Um, another photographer, Chris Burkhard was across the river, just maybe a hundred feet away from us with his team. And they were working with a slack liner, um, uh -huh. below our climber and, um, you know, there were a lot of other people with similar ideas, but what I thought was pretty cool, um, was how everybody walked away with completely different shots. Um, yeah. so my friend Michael and, and Ted, um, they were only a couple feet away from me, but they walked away with completely different shots, um, just because of how far away the climber was and, um, what compression did to the photos, you know, the climber was in a completely different spot in their photos. And right. I thought it was pretty neat how we just got different photos. Can we talk a bit about your experiences freelancing and what it's been like just managing the business relationships and how that's played into, obviously you have such an artistic um, role and you're not, you're not sitting behind a desk that much. So I'd just be curious to hear your take on just the pros and cons of being freelance. Yeah, so I honestly love being uh, a freelance photographer. I honestly couldn't be happier. Um, but I definitely do spend a lot of time sitting at a desk and okay. uh, working. Um, I feel I feel so fortunate to be you know doing this full time. But um, there's so many days that go by where I'm just sitting at a desk on the computer um, from as soon as I wake up, you know to late at night and, um, I'm just editing or working on mm. contracts or budgets and, okay. and stuff like that. Um, so I think that freelance photography, uh, it's super fun, but people overlook sometimes, uh, the boring work that might go into. Sure. Um, but like I said, I'm super fortunate to be doing this full time. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, cause obviously you're not posting pictures of you, uh, writing contracts on your Facebook page. You have all your amazing photographs so that's what i was picturing your lifestyle like oh this guy's always traveling <laughs> but and so in reality how many trips are you going on a year to these places it um i probably do a, a fairly decent trip once a month okay yeah um what's the next spot on your radar is that is that already planned are you taking a break yeah um breaks are fantastic when i get back <laughs> from from trips i like to spend at least a couple of days, not leaving the house, just spending time with friends and watching Netflix in bed. I love nice. those moments, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, I think uh, in two days, I'm off to uh, the Italian Alps to shoot a wow. there and pretty excited for that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it should be really fun. Awesome. Uh, before we go, I like to end each episode with some practical advice for the listeners. So what should an aspiring photographer focus on this week to get better at the craft? I think that editing raw files is such a huge and important step in the, uh, the whole photographical process. Um, I think that taking the time to learn how to, you know, create a mood or, uh, 
follow through with a vision uh, when it comes to editing with a raw file is super important. And so I think that, you know, if you're trying to get more into photography, just start learning uh, more about how light can impact a mood and um, just think about how processing can really um, impact an overall image. So to be honest, nine times out of 10, my RAWs do not look as great as they do when I post them. And that's because I spend a lot of time processing them and working with the color and the light. It's not necessarily faking it. I think that, um, you know, editing photos is a really big step in the, the process. But um, I think that's something that a lot of people might overlook and they expect to get beautiful results in camera. And while that definitely can happen, um, editing plays a huge role. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, what you're doing is taking advantage of the technology, right? Because it makes more sense to shoot a more flat image that you can edit later rather than the extreme trying to capture it perfect the first time where you have less room to make edits later. Definitely. And I think that's the entire purpose of a raw file. Totally. Well, if people want to see more of your work, where would you like them to go first? You prefer your, your Facebook page or your website? I'll link to both, but where would you uh, send them to? Yeah, Adrian. Um, I think that my my website is probably a good place to go. You can check me out on Instagram. But if you search my name, Andrew Studer, uh, Andrew, S-T-U-D-E-R, uh, it should pop up and you can check it out from there. Cool. Yeah, and we'll put the link in the show notes and I'd be remiss to mention that all these prints are for sale. People can buy them from your site. So if they want to support you, they can go ahead and do that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and you know, sharing your time with me. It was awesome to have you. Hey, thanks so much, man. Stoked to be here. As always, this show is sponsored by Plot, the fastest way to create and share storyboards. If you're working on any type of video projects, I'm sure it'll save you time. So create your free account today at theplot.io. And if you haven't seen these solar eclipse pictures yet, we're going to post them in the show notes at theplot.io slash 010. There'll also be a transcript of the interview and some other links to Andrew's pages. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. Again, I'm your host, Adrian Thompson, and I'll catch you next time.